So it's Rod Maxwell for Radio Alti, and today it's um, the first of a series of podcasts about life, and this one is called Life After Work. I'm here with uh, three guys that I all know. I think we're all in our 50s, and our first careers have finished for one reason or other, and we're all looking at what we're going to do next. Um, so I've got uh, Ash Sharma, got Paul Davies, and I've got Phil Harrison with me. Uh, good afternoon, guys. How are you, we all? Good afternoon. So uh, let, let's start with just giving a bit of background about ourselves. Uh, Paul, I'll come to you first of all. Um, just introduce yourself, um, your, what you used to do and, and what you find yourself doing and where you find yourself doing it now. I Yes, indeed. My name is Paul Davis. Um, I am a Manchester lad born and bred. I was in the Great Manchester Police Service for near on 30 years and... Uh, retired last October um, not through ill health it just came to the end of my time as I was 55 years of age um, what I'd always wanted to do after my time or during my time as a police officer was write books um, so I've actually to date written six books um, I'm on to my seventh they're all published um, I also had a big dream of writing on a Greek island um, in particular, and Skiathos, because I've been coming here for many years. And so in March, that's what I decided to do. I up sticks from my hometown in Manchester and came to live on the beautiful island of Skiathos, um, where I still continue to write um, and, and, and just living, living my dream, if you like. It's not everybody's dream to be in the sunshine sort of every day of the year, but it, it is my dream and I can, I can write, I can relax. And, you know, it's, it's life goes on after work, as I say, and this was my goal and my dream. And this is what I went for. Cool. Cool. Well, we're, we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. So, Ash, if I can turn to you, um, just um, do the same bit of introduction. Yeah. Okay. I'm, um, my name is Ash Sharma. I've been a dentist since 1992. I'm qualified at Liverpool. So I've been working at uh, a place called Barrington Dental Care. That was on uh, Barrington Road in Altrincham. And I had the pleasure of treating Rod as well for all these years, haven't I? So, um, and it's been, you know, it's been a fantastic career. I've really enjoyed it. And I didn't have any visions of retire. I don't know what I'm quoting for, uh, of retiring at all. But I just thought I'd be working. I know I want to do a specialized, I want to do implants, I'm, you know, wanted to work till I'm 65 and that sort of thing. So you know, I had my career all mapped out. It has been mapped out since since I was, you know, 12 years old. You know, you've worked towards a vocation, you've got this, you've, you've got a blinkered view, and you know, life's all mapped out for you. But then no matter how much you think you've got your life mapped out, life doesn't always see it that way, does it? And so what happened a few years ago, I had issues with my fingers. I wasn't able to, you know, use them properly. I found, you know, working and surgery really, really tricky, really difficult. And in the end, I just wasn't able to do it anymore. So I had to have surgery, had my fingers fused, didn't go to plan. And so I had to give up, which was a massive, massive shock for me. So, and yeah, then I had to... What actually happened, I had to tell my patients, I know um, I've been telling Rod for about a year or so that I'm going to have to give up. So it's almost like a, a death of a thousand cuts because 
it was like a retirement that was imminent, but I was still working at the same time. So I was seeing all my patients, seeing all my staff, seeing all the people. And so every day I was coming in and it was like, it was like a wound that wouldn't heal all the time because it was there all the time. But and I, the great thing was, I mean, with Rod was a massive, massive help. We, we had these wonderful chats, didn't we? The chat of appointments were meant, were meant to be 10, 15 minutes. Were they ever 10, 15 minutes? Oh, yeah. never, never went oh, on. Yeah. We ended up chatting for 40 minutes and the girls would have to come in and say, Ash, come on, you've got to stop, stop talking now. <laughs> but, you know, Rod, you know, has been through so much and, you know, he's, he's been through a lot. And, I, you know, it was quite inspirational how he did it. He just, you know, I thought, do you know what? This guy's done it. He's, he's worked his way through it. And, you know, and, it's, and it really did help me. Um, but once you do actually not work, that's another, you know, another set of problems that start occurring. But I guess that's what these talks are all about, aren't they? So we can, you know. We'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, that's another story, isn't it? It's another story. I have to say, it's always hard for... It, it, normally, it's easy for an Ulsterman to talk. Harder when somebody's got their um, their hands in your mouth, actually. But uh, <laughs> Wait, uh, It didn't stop you, though, did it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it did, actually. Um, so, Phil, you're, 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 you've also retired. Slightly different situation, more planned. But uh, what, what's, your, what's your story? Well, hi. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm currently 54, um, worked for 31 years in commercial insurance in a variety of roles, uh, probably either in team management or business development. And in short, I, I guess I'd been considering making some sort of change, uh, potentially retiring, but certainly changing uh, for a while. Main reason being a combination of uh, not actually wanting to, or being able maybe to progress in the conventional career sense, um, not being able to do anything within the organisation which presented a fresh change, the career had become more circular rather than uh, linear, shall we say, a bit of a hamster on a wheel syndrome. And so when I finished working in the summer of 2019, it was very much with an open mind as to what may follow and recognizing all the possibilities of uh, finding a position in the same industry. Uh, so in insurance or trying to find something totally new in terms of alternative occupation, even voluntary work, um, or even indeed leaving the working world behind. And as it turns out, this is that last of those that has prevailed, and I'm not currently, at least, gainfully employed. That, that said, I'm, I'm very busy, um, like Paul, well, unlike Paul, in the sense that I didn't have one burning ambition to pursue, uh, but equally I had a number of interests that I felt I didn't have time to pursue. So in my mind, it was the thought, well, here's now some time to actually go and do more of the things I want to do. Um, so that's, that's exactly what I'm doing, um, namely... Um, triathlon. I compete in triathlon and train. Wow. Mm. Uh, play the trumpet. Um, I've recently joined a band who's not on earth now, but uh, hopefully that will be back up in a minute. Uh, and then just as a little sideline to give myself something to do, I have an aptitude for languages and learn Spanish. So those uh -huh. are personal interests I'm currently pursuing. Who knows what the future uh, holds, but that's my current. Uh, I guess I'll expand on those uh, shortly. Cool. Cool. So um, today, um, I, I think I'd be interested to talk about that first moment when either you find out that you're you're going to make a change, whether it was planned or unplanned, whether it's something that you're going to, which is maybe more exciting, uh, maybe in your case, Paul, you know, um, but what, what was that moment like when you, you realized actually 
you were leaving behind what you've been doing and and you're moving into something else and and whether it took a bit of a a, a period of adjustment to get in your head around the fact that actually you know I, i'm i'm taking a, a new path because I, I guess in a bit of context my situation was it was like a car crash i suddenly was in hospital suddenly heard i had a brain injury and or a tumor um and and i didn't have time to actually get used to the idea that car crash didn't hit me until some time afterwards and it was small things i was cocooned in the hospital for eight weeks and and at that time completely protected my thoughts were protected everything was done for me but i remember the first moment when i was starting to um get be able to go out and i suddenly was very aware that actually i didn't have a uniform i.e my suit i didn't have a timetable or anywhere to be and i was walking down the street in altrigham which i normally wouldn't have done i would have been in london or somewhere else and i was i was very conscious that people were probably wondering why are you not in work you know why you know and and it was me it was just my thoughts so i i was so used to the structure that i lived in and, and and all of that, both the um, the physical structures of time and space, and also the the cultural structures, that it, it, it suddenly it, it was. Uh, I, I, it took me a long time to yeah. to get out of those. They had become the norm, and I wasn't dealing very well with the freedom. If that makes sense, is that, mm. did anybody else find that? Yeah, you know, um, when I when I was coming up to retirement. It was, uh, I've got some friends who were retired and they said, you'll love it, it's retirement and you can do what you like and it's great. And I was really looking forward to it and I'm enjoying it now. However, when the day after I retired, I felt, I felt a lot of things, one of which was totally lost. I knew, I knew what I wanted to do, but I was totally lost because I wasn't working. Now, being in, being in an institution like the, like the police, does make you institutionalized you get used to it it's a routine you have all your friends there all your colleagues there and to go from that like i say even though i had a plan to go from that that i'd done for most of my working life to suddenly doing nothing not only did i feel lost i felt a bit of a cheat because i've come out of it it's like hang on a minute i'm enjoying myself now but i'm not working yeah, but my yeah. friends are still working, and I don't. I mean, I, you know, so I had a little time to get used to that, and I knew that it was okay. But Ash, like your situation, I couldn't. I can totally empathise with the way you feel. It's like this is my vocation. I've trained and and worked hard for it. I love this job. All of a sudden, I'm being told by whatever power above that you've got to stop because you've yeah. got this problem and i can't I, I can i can almost your your emotion when you're telling me about that it's almost palpable i can yeah. i can feel it because i i did feel like a, a cheat i thought yeah. I, I mean, you know I, I shouldn't be out of work i'm only 55 i shouldn't be out of work i should still be working um very very strange very strange feeling I quickly got over it moving to Greece, mind, but very strange. For <laughs> <the time. laughs> but it, at least would do that, wouldn't it? Moving to Greece, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, it did help a little. It took the sting away somewhat. But I, I guess maybe that change of place helped because you weren't surrounded by the norms, if you like. So mm. 
yeah that you know that is exactly right because i used to go out of my front door the, the, the majority of the times i went out of my my home front door in the uk i was going to work and there was actually a point when I, I was going out of my uh, my house because I actually finished before. Okay, we did it in shift. As you know, the police work in shifts, so three days on, four off. I, I retired within the middle of the shift. And I was going out the front door and I thought, I should actually be going to work, but not because I'm retired. And it was very, very strange not to be going out to work. And I actually stood on my doorstep for a while thinking, well, I'm lost now. What do I do? And I knew what I knew I was going out, but I was like, I'm really <laughs> lost. And the other strange thing about it, I constantly have dreams about still being in the police. Crazy. <laughs> it's it's really crazy. Anyway, yeah. So that, that, I, certainly I, I can certainly empathise with that last one. That uh, for some reason, totally inexplicable, that I do still have dreams all about work. It's it's always <laughs> I genuinely don't spend uh, many working. Uh, sorry, many. Uh, minutes of my days still thinking about work and indeed my previous work, but I do still dream about it. It is quite it's yeah. weird, but isn't it? That's a part. I'd have to offer an alternative perspective on this because I think to do with it being more planned. I mean, Rod, you said a bit of a car crash in in some sense for your experience of it. I have to say, obviously, with mine being more of a planned process and a personal decision, I, I can't claim that. Um, so, no, a very different perspective. I'd say opposite in some ways in that and to you as well Paul in that the initial feeling I had that sort of I'm going on holiday elation in the yes. very first instance and just beaming that I'm not in that particular meeting I don't have to go and do x or y and I, and that's still there it's lessened but that was my initial reaction was that just just pure elation free and and love that freedom that said I can empathize with one or two things um, and there are challenges um, when you mentioned, I think the, the social the aspect of it, social contact, um, working the working world also provided me with much of my social life. Yeah. Um, but even just just going into an office and speaking to people, that bit you do take for granted, and you don't realise actually how much of a benefit of as anybody currently working recognises as a benefit that you interact with people that hopefully you enjoy. Yeah. I know I did, um, and and you do miss that and. and the world does close in somewhat, even if you maintain a, a decent social life. This stuff's very difficult at the moment. So th that's definitely that was in one of the early challenges as well. And I think I forget who Paul Rod Ash, who someone mentioned at structure. Um, that is, is as the elation sort of lessened. It does dawn on you that well, I've got to do something, and being faced with a blank sheet of paper every day and. and using the mental energy just to decide, well, what am I going to do? It's actually nice. I've, I've found ways of dealing with this, but it's actually nice to have something that structures your, your day, your week, even, even longer term for you. And that's what work does as well, without you realising it. When taken away, I still enjoy the freedom, but, but yeah, there, there are challenges with building your own structures and maintaining some discipline and actually doing something. Ash, I mean, for for you, um, you you would have had the the relationship with your patients. You would have had that feeling of helping somebody and yeah. problem solving, and also the the colleagues. What was the thing that struck you when 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 you just stopped turning up at the practice? Well, this was it. I mean, you know, like you know, Phil was saying at some point you had the. You know, you got some, well, one end of the spectrum. You've got it's like you, Rod. You're saying it was very sudden. 
blackout car crash. It was, and then the other point going towards what Paul was saying is that it's very planned. Mine was somewhat in the middle, really, in the sense that it happened and then it went on for months almost. You know, do you remember? I saw you for a few checkups, um, Robbie. So it just went on. You know, I knew this was going to happen. I knew this operation was going to happen. And then I wrote, had to write letters to my patients and say, October the 18th, I'm not going to be your dentist anymore. But that was written two months beforehand. So I was turning up, almost saying, you know, saying that, you know, I'm not going to be there. And it's still had this imminent doom and impending doom, a cloud hanging over you all the time when this is going to happen. And then suddenly it does happen. And then, as you were saying, you know, the first day you don't go in and you just, you've got all this routine. We're all, I think we're all mentioning routine, aren't we? It's the structure, the routine. You're getting up early in the morning, you know. Like you say, you were mentioning, Paul, about the uniform. I had scrubs on in the morning. I used, and then I'd call the patients in. My whole slots were based on 20 minutes, an hour, doing implants on certain days. And patients, you would speak to them. You'd have great chats with them. And, and you know, there was just almost like a meaning. I know it sounds a bit cliche, but it was like a meaning to the life then, wasn't there? You were there. You had you had a reason for for everything. And then suddenly, like I think you were saying, you know, you went outside and think, oh, what am I going to do? What what am I going to go? What what's going to happen? Because I think for you, Paul, you're saying that you had a you know you always had an ambition to write. So you had to, you know, you, you said you could do that for yourself. You think that's great. I've got somewhere to go into. I didn't really have anything like that. So as I'm coming along, I had my master's to finish off. I finished that. Then COVID happened. And then, you know, I went into, you know, I've always been interested in markets and the mass and trading. So I do that as well. So that's allowed me to do that as well. But I think mm. the biggest thing for me to accept, and I've had to have, you know, I don't mind telling listeners and you guys anyway is fine is that i've had to have you know therapy to understand the loss of identity in terms of me ash the dentist is not the same as ash the person mm. and i couldn't separate the two i always thought myself you know i'm ash the dentist i you know you know how's your practice how's this that's what people would say then i'll say how am i going to introduce myself to people what do i do and that's a big step to take and eventually you know you accept it and then you don't mind getting them. You're not embarrassed to buy it or anything like that. And then eventually you can start moving on with your own life now, can't you? But it takes a while, doesn't it? It's not, uh, it's not, it, I, think, I don't even I think, think it ever happens. You don't ever get over it, do you? Sometimes it's just like you have, you have dreams about it, nightmares even. You think, oh God, you know. I think the thing here um, where, where me and Phil have been, and I'm going to say uh, lucky is that, we've been allowed to have choices of where we're going next. Yes. Yourself, yes, yes. yourself Ash and Rod, that choice was taken away or it, the, the choices were narrowed by no yes. fault of your own. And I think that's what can impact you more. The fact that, well, hang on, I wanted to do what I was doing until I retired, but life has thrown this curveball and taken that choice away from me. And I think yeah. that's the hardest thing to get over, the fact yeah. that it's not your fault, but that choice has been taken away. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, think, I think that's right. I, I, I made partner three months before, almost three months to the day, before I um, last went into work. So I, 30th of September was the day I went to see my, my GP. It was the day I found out I had my my tumor, and on the first of July, I formally became uh, a partner in the firm. And 
and, and that was my one of my goals. And, and I didn't want to just make partner. I wanted to be a good one, you know. And I, I was surprised actually how difficult I found I, I was getting over that, that I had started something but didn't get a chance to do it. And it, it wasn't about the money and, and it was about the opportunity. And, and that was a, 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 it's been a huge emotional challenge for me, actually. And, and, and I think in some ways it caused me to run away from my old business and my old friends and my old colleagues because I didn't want to visit that thing that I wasn't able to do, you know, that it had taken 20 odd years to get there, a couple of attempts to, to get promoted quite an intensive promotion process you know and 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 you you know so i almost ran away from that because i couldn't bear the 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 pain of of actually not being able to do it um Mm -hmm. and uh you know but but the other thing i found was that actually i didn't have an identity apart from being a husband father and rod the consultant who actually worked away all the time so i i ended up you know, not only just the car crash, but coming back and, and being here in Altrigham five days, seven days a week, I didn't really know anybody properly. I, I you know, I, you know, I knew people like Phil and, you know, Ash was my dentist, but I didn't have any proper deep friendships that I had invested in. So it was like a, a, a blank canvas, really. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, but, but different, you know, um, like, like Ash, not planned. And that's a, a different situation to to deal with in some ways. Hmm. The, the, it's a good point. The issue of identity. I don't exaggerate my own uh, um, activities here, but it's a mindset. And you're right. You have to think. Well, what do I do now? What am I now? Um, and for me, it might sound a bit uh, self-important. But I actually do take the triathlon training now very much in the with the mental attitude. It's a, uh, it, clearly it's voluntary. Clearly, it's what I enjoy doing. But try and bring that idea of the the same mental approach you brought to work that lends it automatically a certain discipline. It, there's certain elements around it. Training. Yeah, it's very structured that really help with that. And I'd certainly recommend it to anybody who is in any sort of position similar and thinking, "What do I do?" I'd recommend it as a great way to deliver on lots of the challenges you face. Is um, and maybe it's it is more about that goals and structure rather than absolute identity. But nonetheless, it's about taking something seriously. You set yourself goals. You treat it like a job, and it gives you structure and a reason. So I'd, I'd offer that up as a as a as a similar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, look, I think what we'll do is um, we'll pick up on this in our next series of podcasts. We'll pick up on some of the things that actually have helped us structure you know i think structure is probably important it's amazing isn't it that you you somewhat want to run away from it but it's the thing that you need in life you need some markers yeah. in your week in your in yeah. your year etc um so we'll talk about that we'll, we'll also talk about whether i think we're all in our 50s whether you know that, that you know i i i i i think there's more opportunity today for us in a uh, sort of retirement setting to do things you know to to be an, an author from greece uh, to to do voluntary work uh, to to go and get a, another qualification to do sport you know so that we'll talk about that in terms of actually if we had been 30 years before i think it would have been quite a different situation for us mm. yeah yeah true um, definitely yeah. so we'll explore some of these over uh, our uh, 
our future podcast, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very good. Sure. All right, guys, thank you for your time, and no. uh, I yeah. hope we I You're hope welcome. we get to do this again. I'm no, sure really we enjoyed will. it. Thanks, thank Rod. you. Yeah, good and to thanks, meet you. Uh, thanks, gentlemen, right. for sharing with us. It's really good to hear. Good to hear. Excellent.